I certainly am thankful for what we've heard this morning. And we do beg an interest in your prayers for a little while as we stand before you. I, I, I want to take just one moment and thank the church here for their hospitality and Brother Kenny and sister for their uh, kindness and compassion and their care for us. And, uh, you know, when you've not been to a place, you don't, never know what you're going to find. And uh, But the funny thing about going to Old Baptist churches, I don't care where they are, you, you're going to find family. And I'm thankful for that. I trust that we are. I uh, thought yesterday, well, what in the world can I talk about tomorrow? And as Brother Vince starts preaching, next thing I know, I've got so much I don't know where to go. <laughs> but that tends to be the way it works. But I, I love going to meetings where there seems to be a theme. And the theme has been about the mind, think, thought. And this little scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says in verse 16, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. What in the world is that? But we have the mind of Christ. What is the mind of Christ? Now, we're not going to instruct him. That's the first thing he's saying. But we have the mind of Christ. God has given us everything that we need to know about him. We have the mind of Christ. Uh, over here in, in John, and I, I, I believe you're looking at it right here. He says, John 15. He says, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is the commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. We have the mind of Christ. What is it? The mind of Christ is quite simply this, that he loved us from before the foundation of the world and was willing to come and die for a people that did not deserve it. That's the mind of Christ. And that he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. And we see the great love and compassion that he had for us. So as he instructs us uh, that we are to love one another, here's the mind of Christ. And if, as you look at the Word of God and the, the messages that Jesus has taught His people, uh, and everywhere He went, He was teaching, but He was manifesting and showing them the love of God and that they were to love one another. What, what do you suppose is important for us today? I'll tell you, it's that we love one another as He loved us. And I read over there, and I, Jeremiah, he said, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Uh, I, and, and I want us to know that his love is eternal. It doesn't end, and it's not conditional. Uh, even when Israel sinned uh, and murmured and complained, his love uh, was still with them. 
Uh, now, he chastened them, uh, but he chastened them through love, and he still led them, and he still delivered them, and he still blessed them. He still provided for them. Uh, and, friends, let me tell you this morning, he's still providing for us. We worry sometimes about uh, uh, conditions of our churches, and we get discouraged, uh, and, and even sometimes we may murmur and complain because we remember what it was. Uh, but yet, I want you to know that our God is still able to deliver and bring and add and multiply his people. And he can bring us together in love. Uh, and so what do we do? We stand in the love of Christ. Uh, he goes on here and, and he says, uh, henceforth, uh, he says, you are my friends. Here's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Uh, henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends for all things that I have uh, heard of my Father I have uh, made known unto you. There's the mind of Christ. Now, having that thought, I, I want to I, I go back and, and I, I want to look at, at uh, Philippians. And, and I appreciate where Brother Vince went and but uh, I want to back up in Philippians and come through this because this is all about the mind and that seems to have been the whole subject of this this meeting the mind what we think about where our thought is uh, as a man thinketh in his heart so is he uh, and it's important that we think and that Christ be on our mind the word of God be on our mind <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. That we understand what our Lord has done, is doing, and has promised to do for us. Uh, I, I thought of this little verse over in First Peter, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed. Uh, I, uh, we have an inheritance, undefiled, faith is not a way, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by faith. Do we need faith? The Lord has given us faith and we are to use that faith. Uh, he keeps us. Now, as we look at this Philippian letter, and, and, and I, I want to back up a little bit here because I, 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 want, I want to go back to the second chapter and, and, and let's just go through this for a minute. Uh, and we're not going to be long, but I want you to see here's Here's the life journey of the Apostle Paul. And, and it's a great testimony. But we're going to see it in these two chapters here. He says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, here it is, fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded. Wow. Like-minded with who? Like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. How do we do that? You know, we're all a bunch of different individuals. And really, if you look at Jesus and his teaching, what was he teaching? He warned again and again, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Surely that couldn't affect us. Is it the fellow? 
I'm not going to pick on you, Sister Margaret. <coughs> but the truth of the matter is that we are all by nature Pharisees. Who's our great concern? Me. It's all about me. That was the Apostle Paul in the beginning. It was all about him. He wanted to have the preeminence. Even the disciples, they, they got into discussion. Who's going to be the greatest? Friends, when we're there, we're pharisaical. And God, that's what he warned us against. Because there's no love in Pharisee. In the Pharisee, it was about self and the promotion of self. Uh, but uh, uh, so he's teaching them. And he, he, I mean, he, he gets downright nasty to them, really. Oh, you generation of vipers. And, and that's us in the flesh. Every problem we face as churches and, 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 and as individuals comes out of the Phariseeism of self-pride. But let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. How important is that? He didn't seek glory for himself. There's the Pharisee. He's seeking glory for himself. Is there primitive Baptist Pharisees? Sure there are. You know what they'll do? They'll divide the church because it's all about them. Uh, and God forbid that that might be me. Uh, but uh, uh, here he's teaching us. He says, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. If we're going to be like-minded with Christ, here we are. And in the form of a servant, we're going to be. I mean, we, we do it every time that we have communion. When we wash one another's feet, it's not about just being humble. It goes great, a great deal farther than that. Because in, in the washing of one another's feet, what we're really saying is that we're there to defend, to deliver you in your walk. We're helping you uh, to, uh, to walk in the presence and the mind of the Lord, okay? 25th chapter of 1 Samuel. David strapped on his sword. He's in the flesh. He's going to go to destroy Nabal and everything about him. He's all together in the flesh. You ever been there? Sometimes you can get there in the McDonald's line, you know. You wait. <laughs> <clears throat> there he is, sword strapped on, and he vows he's going to lay him down. Abigail comes to meet. And here's where you first see foot washing. Here's where it's first taught. She comes to meet him in the way to deliver him from him. There's what we need. When we are serving one another, we will, and let me tell you, it takes humility and a sacrificing of self. By the way, if you look at really true love, you'll never find love without a sacrifice. Look at Jesus. The love that he had for this people caused him to uh, lay down his life. That was a true, complete, com I mean, there, there's no, that's not a half sacrifice. It, it had to be a complete. 
resurrection that we received as the, uh, we were delivered from our sins. And so we are raised to walk in newness of life. And we are fashioned, uh, and, and we are to walk in the pattern that he set. He said, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Here's God exalting the Son. The Son never exalted himself. I want you to understand that. And friends, anytime we try to exalt ourselves, God will deal with that. But he can raise us up, and when he raises us up, then it's good. Uh, it's the same thing. Now, he says that every, at, the, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Do you believe that? I'll tell you, I believe that, just exactly like it's written. Every knee shall bow to him, things that are in the earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What, what is it that you're working out? Are you trying to get to heaven? Say, work out your own salvation. Deliver. Here's now. It's a now salvation. We're working out something we've already got. Uh, and, and so, what we're really doing is uh, uh, because of His love and because of what He's done for us, now then we're attempting to walk in a way that would honor Him and give Him glory. Do we need it? There's our. There's our there's our peace. There's our contentment. Without it, we're not going to have that contentment. He says, For it is God, and I love this, I love this. It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So what's he saying? Well, I think he's saying a whole lot similar thing to what you find over there in Romans. He says, uh, but I'm going to go get it. Because I don't want to leave this. And I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the the renewing of your mind. How often do we need that? And how does that come? By the mercies of God. Here's God working in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Uh, it's God working in you, but this isn't just God's righteousness here. I mean, this isn't just his, his work uh, of righteousness in himself. It's, it's him working in you. 
to do. Uh, here's what he's done for his people. He's given you a desire and a will to serve him. You know what? Uh, Romans 3. We are by nature depraved. And by nature we will not, cannot, we just flat won't serve God. But when he, what he does in the new birth is he changes our will. He gives us a will to serve. A new life, a new creation. Now then we've got something in us that can be touched and it can be uh, righteous and that can manifest glory to God. Does that mean it's going to automatically do that? No. There's a responsibility laid on us as God's children to do. <clears throat> do all things. And, and, and here it is. Here's exactly what Brother Vance was preaching on. Do all things without murmuring and, with, and disputations. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke. There's where you're content, is it not? Now, I want, I want to skip down because I want to get this third chapter and we ain't got much time. But I want, I, want to, I want to look at Paul's experience here because this is who's writing. And we know the story of the Apostle Paul. Uh, he was that Pharisee of the Pharisees uh, and uh, he, was, he was religious. He had a zeal of God. Uh, he was religious, but he was also promoting Paul. And we know that he obtained, uh, he sought and obtained uh, uh, the authority to go through and to arrest these people called Christians and cast them into prison, even kill them. And thought he was doing God's service. But we know the story that on the road to Damascus, he's on a mission. Speaking uh, of missions, I saw a little boy in there this morning and he was on a mission. He had a stack of three donuts. And you know, I was just fascinated. <clears throat> he, I think he ate all three of them. He was on a mission and he accomplished his mission. Well, Paul was on a mission, but he didn't accomplish this mission because God met him in the way. God met him in the way and uh, what God did for him was he struck him down. Now, if you want to say he was born again there, go ahead. I don't care. I, I don't know when he was born again. I know he was born again. I'm not going to argue that fact. I do know one thing. I know there was a calling that took place right there. And it was a calling to the ministry. And so we see the Apostle Paul there. Uh, and this is what he's talking about, really, in the third chapter of the Philippian letter. He says, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin and Hebrew of the Hebrews as touching the law of Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is of the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Is there something that we can count loss for Christ? Let me tell you, when it's about ourselves, it's not for Christ. We're just like Paul. 
But when the, the Lord deals with us and it's no longer about me, then we can count that but dung that we might win Christ. And that's not talking about getting to heaven. But that's talking about having him. Here's what's important to us as children of God today, that we might win Christ. It's not that we can be the, the best primitive Baptist that's ever been mentioned. That ain't what our desire is. The desire is that we might, as a primitive Baptist, win Christ. That we might have Jesus in our lives. That we might experience him and know the delivering hand of him and know the raising up of him and have that to hold on to. There's our contentment. Uh, now, uh, we're going to also, as we go through that, we're going to go through times where God's going to deal with us and abase us as we've heard, and we need those times. Don't like them, but we need them. Because what that does for us is the same thing that it did for Paul when he was abased on the road to Damascus. It takes away that old dependency upon the flesh. We need that go. Wow. Yea, Dallas, I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know the Lord? How do you know him? Did some man teach him to you? Or did you experience him some night in the darkness of a moment of great affliction? I can tell you right now that uh, <clears throat> there was times in my life when I've gone through those dark times. And every time that happens, I found they were a learning experience. And the end result on the other side is you're closer to the Lord. And he becomes your Savior. He's yours. Because you know, you have, you, remember old Nathaniel? You know, I, I don't know that the Bible ever says what happened out there under the fig tree. But there was something between him and the Lord that happened out there under the fig tree. There was an experience when the Lord said, when thou was under the fig tree, I knew thee. And he immediately said, my Lord, my God. We don't know what happened. But we know that it was a spiritual experience of learning as he come to know Jesus. Now then. Paul says, Yea, Dallas, I count all things but lost for the excellence of knowledge of Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him. Here's where we want to be. And be found in him, not having mine own right, uh, righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the righteousness of or through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So now then, Paul's saying, my faith isn't in the works of the law. My faith is in the righteousness of Christ. When we see that our faith is in the righteousness of Christ, we understand 
that he loved us and we were chosen in him before the foundation of the world uh, and uh, uh, that he is our hope, he's our strength, he's our all in all, and, and we can feel it in here. You know, the first time I experienced that, well, I was about 12 years old in a little church and down in, in Wheeler, Texas. And I'll never forget that time. I had been going to church since I was old enough to, well, but they carried me. But we had a whole bunch of kids back in those days. There were about 30, 35 of us kids, and we sat on the back three rows in Elk Creek, and we didn't pay much attention. And we moved out to Texas, and we went over to that little church at, at Wheeler, and they were all old folks. And my, you know, as a kid, I thought, well, that's, that's terrible. No kids to play with. Let me tell you, I don't care what age you are. Being in the house of God is a blessing. And when you hear the message of election and the love of Christ, and that night, old brother Jack Hayes preached, and he wasn't ordained yet. He was just beginning to preach. And he, he preached on election, and I couldn't stop crying. And I didn't know why. But I knew it touched me. As old Brother Frank said one time, that's the first time I heard the gospel preached in fire. It wasn't the first time it had been preached in fire, I'm sure. But it was the first time I heard it. It affected me. And I wanted to join the church. And my mother said, no, you're too young. Because what happened was uh, that uh, I left, and after a while, that urge kind of went away, and w we got married, and we started going to another church. And it was insistent that we go to another church at the time. And, uh, you know, it's a matter of life and death. So we went. And I'll never forget, I was there one time, and this guy got up, he was preaching, and I was trying to convince myself it didn't matter. You ever hear that? It don't matter where you go. That's a lie. What happened was the guy got up, and he preached on the 8th chapter of Romans, and uh, what he said in the beginning was pretty good. And I, I said, well, that sounds like what Brother Hayes preached. Maybe there's not that much difference. And then he said, uh, he gave the invitation, and as I was getting ready to step out, here's how close it came. I stepped out of the, the, to the aisle, and he, he stopped everybody, and he said, now you might be wanting to come down here, and you put it off, and you get in a car wreck on the way home, and you'll die and burn in hell. <laughs> I sat back in. <laughs> I was done. I was done. And I didn't go anywhere for a while. But the Lord kept and he led. Here's Paul. And, and, and we need to finish this up. He says that I may know him. I love this. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And I don't think that's talking about the end of time. I think that's right now. 
being raised up in the spirit. And I'll never forget the first time we went back to Old Baptist Church. I walked up on the step, and there's an old couple old brothers sitting out there talking. One says, can you lead singing? Oh, no. I can't do that. Well, do you preach? I don't know. There's no way. That'll never happen. But you know what I felt? What I understood was I had come home. I had come home. They preached what I heard. And they preached about Brother Hayes. They preached the blessing. They preached the full gospel of Jesus Christ. They preached the finished work of Jesus Christ. And I rejoiced in that. And from that point on, there's no doubt that I'm right. Here's the Apostle Paul. this understanding if by any means I, have a, I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead not as though I'd already attained either were already perfect but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus he wanted that for which the Lord had delivered him to brethren I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. Friends, let us reach forth to those things that are before. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Wow. Let us therefore going to bring it right back to the mind. <laughs> Isn't this fascinating? Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. How are we perfect? We are only perfect when we see the finished work of Jesus Christ and it's working in us. And the prize is that contentment that we have in Christ Jesus. And we need it today. Our children need it today. And we're going to need it tomorrow. And we're going to need it until we depart this life. And then he says, let us, nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, or you have already, we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same things. Isn't that a good place to leave? Let us mind the same things. We want to be, have our mind where Jesus' mind is, in the love and mercy of God. That we would be merciful and loving one to another, and that we would sacrifice self for one another. I thank you for your time this morning.